Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. Happy Monday. How are you doing? I declare a state of emergency. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, you stole my thunder. I was going to save that for where I do my workshop later in the week, but it sounds good, so I think I will do that. <laughs> oh, now you give our listeners something to look forward to, because if you're going to do it at work, you might as well put it on Twitter, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> State of emergency. <laughs> oh, man. We'll take a very dry topic and make it even more, like make it, maybe spice it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you talking about? A dry topic? You're talking about flooding. Yeah, <laughs> true. Floods, <laughs> COVID, hurricanes, earthquakes, you name it. <laughs> But you're like, what podcast are we listening to right now? (laughs) I know, I know. This isn't about Will's work life, trust me. We don't, I would be put to sleep in 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, we do have headlines to talk about um, before we talk about Mandalorian Season 3, the most recent episode, The Harris. But um, first... There's just so many freaking announcements. Okay, let's start off with the one that I least care about but is interesting nonetheless. Okay. Mickelson will mm-hmm. um is is in negotiations to replace Johnny Depp from the Fantastic Beasts um franchise. Yeah. Okay, like last week when we were talking about it, I was over it. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly Mads is in negotiations and I'm Okay, like, I'm going for you like Hannibal. Hey, let's the chief, the chief. I mean, <laughs> so many different roles. Mad Mads Mickelson is a great actor. Yes. He 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 uh, he does find himself kind of pigeonholed in the in the villain role. However, he is just so good in that role. And I'm thinking of another actor to compare him to, but I can't think of that actor's name. Um, but, but this is, this is good news. I still, at the end of the day, am kind of want, want on fantastic beasts as a whole, but I mean, this at least kind of shifts the conversation more negative or more positive than negative. Definitely. Definitely. I think, it, whenever this news broke last week and on top of all the stuff going on with Johnny Depp and then, of course, there, of course, all the petitions to cancel Amber Heard and cancel Johnny Depp. And, you know, we, you know, it's like, OK, what can't who are we going to cancel today? But uh, but whenever I saw this news that that Mads was in the negotiation to uh, step into the franchise as Grindelwald and it, it was definitely like you said really sold on the casting if uh you know if you 
if you want to have one of those like games where you like play casting director, he's definitely one of those individuals that would carry this mm-hmm. role and you know have the gravitas as, as you were saying to do it and 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 really help resurrect this franchise. Which uh, you're right. I mean, it has between J.K. Rowling and you know Johnny Depp and so Ezra Miller. This 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 thing has had so many like hit negative hits on it that. I feel like the the movie itself and it has been lost with all yeah. the off screen stuff going on with members of a cast and a creative team. So uh, I think this was this was good. Uh, and uh, you know they're in production now. And if he steps in and um, comes in, and I think he'll he will write the ship, so to speak. And 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 people will be very excited to to see him. I mean, you know. Uh, I do remember, like for example, Rogue One. He was great in that one, and 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 so uh, it's it's definitely a plus for this franchise, which which they need right now. Yeah, yeah. Speaking about um, WB flops, let's talk about the DCEU. For <laughs> 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 more news, I don't care. <laughs> um, suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad. Yeah. How many freaking cast members do you need? <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming like the Expendables, you know. <laughs> Which I mean, yeah, fair fair point. Considering it was announced that Sylvester Stallone is going to join this cast, probably only to get killed, probably, probably for like a minor moment on the screen. I just, I now the footage we saw. During the fandom event, mm-hmm. I liked. Yeah. I was brought on board. I was re-engaged in this. However, since then, they continue to drop names of people joining the cast. And I'm like, oh, we, we don't need more people. To me, when an ensemble is so freaking tricky, and I know it's James Gunn. I, I know, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. But still, yeah. he didn't have this many people. He, like, took... Guardians of the Galaxy and expanded it by by three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. <laughs> so I just I worry and I worry about the screen time that Polka Dot Man will have. <laughs> yeah, Polka Dot Man, we we may have seen all his screen time at DC Fandom. <laughs> will. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. But the interesting my polka dot. <laughs> I hope not. I hope he's around for 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 a while longer. But uh, you know, the thing about this uh, casting with with Stallone uh, was one of the other things that uh, James Gunn negotiated with DC as far as storytelling with the new Suicide Squad movie was that everyone is fair game. And so, to your point of growing this cast, is it's almost to like we're growing the cast so much that uh you know we will be able to dispense with Captain Boomerang and others pretty quick you know pretty quickly in various component spots in, in this film. So uh you know if you're gonna do an action movie, yeah you know, Stallone, you know, bring some of the elder states elder action film stars to the mix like Stallone or or you know, uh, you know, at this juncture, I wouldn't be surprised if Arnold shows up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, just, just, just for just to have 
that fun and seeing them in this in this type of film and uh yeah and i do think that uh, both arnold and stallone are are, are very underappreciated as far as the craft their their artist you know as far as their acting jobs uh so you know so i think it'll be fun just just to see them in this film and i actually i i am still on board with it and uh and still very excited to, to see this particular version yeah um and which which is which is tough because you and I still haven't even seen the original. <laughs> yeah, I don't, and I don't. I have I have no desire to. Uh, it's funny seeing on Twitter all the people say released a air cut, but I'm like, yeah, well, you know, yeah, I, I think that it, that 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 type of thing only works once in a while. You can't just like do these kind of petitions and just think that the studio is going to throw another. 70 to 100 million dollars at a film uh, unless the snyder um cut does big numbers and then all of a sudden it's like yeah where's that air cut however they are doing the air cut that's why the joker will hmm. appear in the snyder cut yep. because you know that was all a part of the original plan <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> way back in two. Yeah, we were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because because that was such a f um, popular rendition of that beloved character. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, speaking about DC, just being you know DC, Suicide Squad spinoff, Peacemaker casting news. Um, Will, what is the news of the cast? Yeah, so they have uh, added four people. This is the spinoff, the Peacemakers, John Cena's character in the Suicide Squad movie. And uh, they, this past week, announced four additional cast members. Uh, Daniel Brooks from Orange is New Black, Black is, has been cast to play a character named Leota Adebayo. And Robert Patrick uh, from Terminator 2 fame uh, is uh, cast as a character named Augie Smith. And the thing about these two characters, they seem to be completely original to this, to this universe, uh, as far as this aspect of the multiverse mm -hmm. and that they haven't been, uh, in any previous iteration of Suicide Squad or any other DC, uh, comic mm -hmm. adaptation. So those are the two people that uh, are added. And then, uh, Jessica, uh, Jennifer Holland is reprising her role from the movie, uh, as far as, uh, Amelia Harcourt and, um, Chris Conrad is uh, playing Vigilante slash Adrian Chase, which, of course, Ooh. yeah. So, so of course, folks from, of course, from Arrow remembers Adrian Chase as, of course, um, as Prometheus. And, then, of yeah. course, Vigilante was a different character mm -hmm. who I, I can't, uh, I know he was with Black Canary, Diana, but I can't remember. Um, yeah. No, that, don't. I just remember the episode yeah. where he died. That's yeah, it. I don't remember his name. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, but Adrian Chase, but he will be the attorney at, at you know the DA and uh, in this Peacemaker series. So, uh, so again, we as we have learned many times, the multiverse ha can, is well stocked with many different versions of these characters. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. The, I I know the twist that Arrow did on Adrian Tra Chase, but that was such a beloved character in the in the long run. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and such a special season. Granted, like most things, they never stick to the ending with those characters. But I just, I hesitate because I, I associate so much of Arrow with it. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, I'm not even sure I'm sold on this show to begin with because I haven't even seen Suicide Squad 2. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's. I know he has a ridiculous costume. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, um, so we'll see what happens with that. But I know there has there hasn't been a, a release date for this this show yet. I mean, obviously the film is still in production, so uh, I guess they'll will pick up right after that because I know James Gunn is also behind the uh, spinoff as well. Yeah, yeah, I think he's got some projects to sort through and get get all planned out. Um, I, I guess he's playing the 2020 card, like sign me up for everything. Yeah. <laughs> Cause exactly. 2020 will never end. <laughs> and I just, I want to make sure when it does end, then I'll figure out what I should prioritize. I'd probably walk away from a few projects, but exactly. Um, as long as it's not guardians for the galaxy three. Yes. And yeah. we will get to that. Yeah. But um, before we do, we do have one um, one last bit of the DC film news to get through. Um, because, you know, this headline never gets old. <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984 may go to HBO Max, shocker, in January 2021 or delay until summer 2021. Because WB continues to prove they have it all figured out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think... Honestly, so I think what will happen with this film, it may still some get a limited release at Christmas just so they can just get it in the theater, make a little bit of money, even though at this rate, nobody, you know, no theater may be open to, to for it to go to uh, the, way, the way things are these days with uh, with COVID. But, uh, I, you know, I think it would be they, they, they need they need subscribers to hbo max at this point and this yeah. would be and and this would be a, a a way that they like disney did with disney plus did with the mandalorian what they did this past summer with hamilton this will be a great opportunity for hbo max to really get subscribers to come sign up for their platform yeah yeah i mean you and i have been raving about hbo max because a lot of their series we've mm. we've discovered over the past several months and and have adored but that those series they are they're hbo um yeah. it, it's it's not as universally adored and um and thought after as much as a superhero film so so i completely agree with you and and you know it just would be nice if they they dropped it because then disney can has more motivation to do counter programming Mm -hmm. not even counter programming but just counter that and say oh you're gonna drop your female superhero movie we'll drop ours too and see who gets most yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) well disney plus has you know they have was it 73 million subscribers at this point so HBO's got a lot to catch up on because they only have around eight. So. <laughs> yeah, but I just I think of how much that number would change if they just released Black Widow on it, you know, for, yeah. for maybe a month. Considering what what it did when when they dropped Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think majority of those 73 came from Hamilton because I, I know I was one person end of season one of Mandalorian. I'm like, shut down. Yep, yep, <laughs> don't, I remember that. Don't yep. need anything else. Yep. And then Hamilton drops resume. You <laughs> <laughs> stuck around. You stuck, he stuck around. Cause Mandalorian was right on his heels. <laughs> I did. I started, yeah. I started to watch a few video movies that I haven't seen before. And I've, I just let it play it out. And, um, I think I did turn it off for one month and then I, when I repurchased, I purchased a bundle because I was also going through a thing where I was trying to better manage my subscriptions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear that. I hear that. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Um, speaking about date changes on subscription services. I don't, I don't like this. I, I disagree with everyone saying that they need a break. Mm. No, we need more content. <laughs> WandaVision has been bumped to January 2021. Yeah. Don't I don't like it. <laughs> I was so excited for Christmas, you know? Yeah. The crown. And then I was gonna have like a some some geek thing happen in December, and now it's postponed to freaking January. I know, I know. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, you know, it was one of those things where I saw it and I immediately thought of Sarah and I was just like, oh boy, <laughs> how, do I, how do I share this news with her before she sees it on Twitter? You don't, you don't share it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, I know we just been, as, as time has gone on, we've gotten more uh, interested in this, in this mm -hmm. particular project and and so when I saw that it was going to January, I, I, I was also bummed because I, one, I think it's going to be, you know, obvious that there's no MCU at all this year. And then, but two, you know, it was, I was starting to look forward to this particular, uh, particular show. And, and it was you know, like you, it was like, okay, here's something to watch over the holidays. And, and and all and, and now we've got to wait until january 15th so sort of like okay well all righty then um let's see counting the weeks as far as mandalorian counting the weeks of star trek discovery so yeah you know i gotta find you know maybe that'll be this now will give an opportunity to fill the void with some of the things i've been trying to catch up on over the holidays yeah yeah, I, I'm sure th we'll, we'll find things. Um, th there is a lot of content out there at the end yeah. of the day. And a lot of us over the months when there's heavy content, you think to yourself, oh, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. And then when you have downtime, suddenly it's like, like we were, I was really behind on Lovecraft Country. That was airing for a good six weeks before I jumped on it. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it happens. It's just it's just disappointing because we're we have already gone through months and months of these movie release dates just gambling and yeah. broke my heart when I heard about the Batman. I'm still not over it, and so to yeah. then be told, okay, you're not getting a Winter Soldier Falcon, but you are getting WandaVision. We just have to move it to the end. And then even that gets moved just a little bit. It's kind of like, okay, stop playing with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, description right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. I mean, I guess that's the thing. It's like, okay, well, I could understand it if it was a production delay or something like that, but just because you know, they were figuring people are having like oh big, so, you know, show show fatigue or something like that, if it's too close to after the Mandalorian wraps or whatever, I, it's just like nah, being, no, we're, we're we, we we like content. <laughs> so so I do have a theory about it. Um, and maybe this is just me being wishful and knowing me, I never get anything right. So I, I doubt this will happen. But I was thinking about it um, because you're absolutely right. It, they're not even saying it's a production delay. It just is delayed for whatever reason. Um, and we just got done talking about Wonder Woman 1984 and all of the do we drop it, do we not. And if you remember when they first announced phase four mm-hmm. um black widow came first yeah and then it was winter soldier and then it was wandavision yeah so i honestly there is a chance this is all just because they wanted to get black widow dropped first and then something happens there that they want the audience to know about before they go into wandavision mm-hmm Possible. Very possible. Hypothetically. I'm yeah. just, you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think you're, there's, there is definitely, they always have a, the big big picture in mind with these films. And, and you're right. There very well could be a plot point in the Black Widow film that is very integral to, to WandaVision, especially given that WandaVision is going to be a, a springboard to the multiverse. Right. Right. And and we all know that that Black Widow is kind of a prequel and and so there it's already messing with timelines, so you don't want to delay it too much. Mm-hmm. Um so so there's a chance that that's what's going on. But but again, I never get anything right. So don't don't get your hopes up. Um but we can get our hopes up about one thing because Disney also like will drop bad news and then replace it with good news. Yep. And thank the Lord they dropped this piece of news. Chris Pratt will be in Thor: Love and Thunder. Thank God. Yeah. Can he, yeah. his part replace Natalie Portman's part? Because I'm not really looking. For <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it, it, it was good seeing seeing. Her back in in, in in game, and of course, it, it, and, it, and it makes sense that Star Lord and Chris, Chris Pratt shows up in, in this particular film because uh, because you know when we we last saw Thor and Star Lord, they were heading off together in the end game. So uh, it's so, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Like we just got our Thor and Hulk buddy cop film. Yeah. Now potentially we get a little adventure between Star Lord and Thor, and they were great together were. Yep. in in Endgame and Infinity War. So I just I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. And and I I can't you know the Thor who we got in Ragnarok completely works with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it does. So I just it I does. love it and you can never have too much Chris apparently. You cannot. So, yep. Never have too much. Um <laughs> All right, we do have a few more 
headlines to get through in terms of TV shows. Uh, Black Lightning has announced that they are looking at doing a spinoff featuring Painkiller and promoted series regular Chantel as Grace Choi. And now, is she going to be in the spinoff? No. So uh, the Painkiller spinoff is they're doing a backdoor pilot in the seventh episode of their fourth season coming up. And so, uh, yeah, so if, you know, obviously with the back door, sometimes they'll, they'll get picked up and other times they won't, like, for example, Green Arrow and the Canaries. But, uh, yeah, but I think they, you know, Jordan Calloway, this particular character, Painkiller, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this before, especially when, uh, you know, season one and two, when you were really following mm-hmm. Black Lightning a lot closer uh, and, and, and his relationship with uh, Jennifer Pierce and and you know, he definitely is one of been one of the, the standout uh, characters in the in the show and uh, his whole arc with Tobias and uh, being and then becoming an agent of the ASA uh, whenever they manipulated him to to to, to their bidding and, and then of course his last season. Uh, him trying to you know, deprogram all the work things that they had you know, trained him to do. It, it's been a great arc with this particular character, so I'm, I'm looking forward to looking forward to to this uh, him being uh, his own show. And then of course Chantal Thuy, as far as you know, Grace Joy, you know, Thunder Grace, uh, very of course even. I guess pre-Batwoman, you had Anissa Pierce being the first one, you know, at least on television, one of the first out lesbian African American superheroes herself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and before Javicia with Batwoman. So, uh, and you know, and of course Grace's relationship, their relationship, and uh, how she's, you know, was very integral, especially in this last season, uh, helping the team. Red um, Friedland of the ASA and the uh, the uh, Moravians who were you know getting the green light in, into the into the area. So you know it's, it's really cool to see how this show has grown. And you know it's always you know been to me one of the more grounded shows as far as the, the, the now now it's officially part of the Arrowverse. So I, I'm I'm very excited for for both of them uh, as as we go into season four of the of black lightning yeah and and speaking about really if they're gonna replace arrowverse with rather than cwverse just call it the berlanti verse yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. really is his world yeah. um and he for some reason just can't help himself because he's looking at adding another show to that lineup probably um in light of the news that supergirl um is headed off the air after the this final season and um this show is that he's currently looking at is wonder girl and will feature a latina lead um and obviously will be in development at cw yeah yeah so this this news broke late this afternoon where uh it's uh the the new wonder girl centers on uh, as you mentioned uh, as a latina dreamer who she her name is uh, Yara Floor and 
and it's part of the whole new DC uh, future projects in the comic books where uh, I think she's the future, a future Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so in this uh, TV version, she'll be Wonder Girl. Of course, most folks when we think of Wonder Girl, of course, folks are familiar with Donna Troy from Titans. Yeah. Uh, but this particular character um, will be, yeah, she's you know part Amazon and and also a Brazilian river god, and she learns that she's Wonder Girl, and she's of course going to use her newfound powers to uh, fight evil. And the uh, the showrunner uh, of this particular project is uh, Dalena Rodriguez. Uh, she was the co um, showrunner co showrunner of uh, Queen of the South. Okay. Which a lot of folks, uh, I know like her friend Veronica, uh, I know yep. she watches that show quite a bit and I've seen others as well. Uh, I think it's on USA. So, uh, so you know, it seems as we are, I think it's fair to say that the CW superheroes are getting browner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, well, they no, are. But they, we have... Yeah, they don't, they don't shy away from it. Granted, yeah. recent reports that we've heard about some writers rooms yeah, um, it's still not as as equal and equitable as we would like to yeah. are led to believe but but yeah i think i think greg um understands how this is a verse say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the way to make a verse isn't to have 10 shows that all feature pretty much the same exact character. Yeah. Um, um, whether it be looks, gender, sexuality wise, but to really have a diverse world and to be able to um, expand your audience because, yeah, they may not identify with Superman, but they can identify with Black Lightning. Yeah. Um, so pick and choose. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. And yeah, uh, he, or and, and like as we saw with the inspired casting of Javicia as Batwoman. I mean that you know to to have an African American female lead, and now with Pain Painkiller, you have another African American male as the lead. And with this show, uh, whoever they cast as uh, Yara, uh, you'll have a Latina yeah. lead. So. Uh, it's you know it, it, it's really you're right. I mean, having the Berlantiverse and having a multiverse, you can take you can have a real diverse range of characters and, and people playing these characters. Which you know that I think that's that's a strong suit uh, for for this and um, you know and 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 really gives um, gives a lot of people you know, opportunities to not only for professional, not only the actors to, to, you know, to, to get roles and, and to lead folks. And I know they're trying, hopefully doing the same thing behind the scenes, but, but also as viewers, uh, kids and grownups can, can have characters that look like them and, and root for their stories. Yep. Yep. It, it's, it's looking good. I mean, CW, 
I I personally, um, given all the other content we're getting on HBO Max, the movie content, um, it's it's still the CW. Whatever. Well, no, well, yeah, I mean, it is the CW. Talk Mandalorian, Will. We can only talk about DC for so much. I of- know. Well, it's just a lot of news today. I mean, we got some MCU stuff in there too, and then of course the last little throwaway line: Space Force was renewed, but. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Netflix actually renewed something. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even really want to talk Mandalorian. I just want to talk about something other than DC for a change. Um, <laughs> Mandalorian season three, episode three, episode four, episode three, episode three. The Harris. Um, the big thing about this episode is you got Bo Katan, mm-hmm. Katie Sackoff. And you got Sasha Banks, which which I'm sorry, I continue to laugh at, considering everyone was so hyped to see Sasha Banks. And then we get to her quote-unquote episode, only for her to have about two lines in it, and basically it's Katie Katie's episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's funny. Whenever she, whenever Sasha Banks first appeared on screen, I, the first time around, I didn't realize it was her. And then, and then once I, you know, once I watched it, watched it a second time, I was like, oh yeah, there, you know, when they first, when they were at the, uh, at the docks there, uh, then I, I put the two things together, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, um, but yeah, it's definitely Katie's episode. Very much Katie's episode and very much, I think an episode designed to really, reward people who have watched clone wars yeah and invested in other parts of this of this world which i have not and so for me personally i i prefer last week's episode over this week's episode primarily because of the action Mm. i don't know what it was about this week I was bored during the action to the point where I skipped over a few pieces of it because I was huh. like, la, 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 la. they're obviously going to take over the ship. Why is this dragging out for 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, care. <laughs> so you're not, not a big fan of Bryce Dallas Howard's uh, action scene choreography there, huh? I just, I, or is there it- was. There was something about last week and how it was shot mm-hmm. that made me as uncomfortable as I was watching all of those freaking spiders. Yeah. Made me keep watching and 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 yeah, they it was basically like, okay, how the heck are they going to get out of this and mm-hmm. what's happening? Um and this escalated quickly, but but there was there was um there was more, what is a good word? It was better paced. Mm. There was something about the action in this where I was just like, why well, are we still on the ship? Well, I think, <laughs> you know, honestly, when, now that, when you mentioned that just now, to me, I think it's like we, we've seen this type of scene before. It's not, it's not new. I mean, storm, stormtroopers being down at the end of a corridor, shooting at, in this case, Mand- Mandalorian, uh, it's just, you know, this plug and play stormtroopers shooting at Han, Luke, and Leia, or Han- stormtroopers shooting at, you know, Obi-Wan or whoever, you know, we've, we've seen that before. So I, I get your point that that 
was like we, we've seen this before and it and it, it yeah maybe it, it it was a bit stale from a from a you know from a in universe kind of thing that is very very familiar mm-hmm. um yeah i think you're right i think it was the familiarity of this whole setup now that being said having katie and her crew there and him in interact with them and um we learn a little bit more about the lore of mandalorian mm-hmm. as she points out that he is a child of i have it in my notes and i just cannot see it anywhere what is what does what is he's part of the dark watch he is a child of the of the, the watch yeah the watch yeah yeah zealots whose goal is to restore the ancient mandalorian way yeah yeah, yeah so she's the, yeah cuz she's the part right yeah yeah He's like that. There, he's the fundamentalist Mando Mandalorian, and she, her group, I guess, is the Night Owls. I think is what they were called. Who were not? Who were who take off their helmets? They take off their helmets. Uh, yeah, and and were um, not. And, and I think they have some other pieces of their set that basically doesn't follow what a lot of the other Mandalorian do and you know including including Jar Jen's order as well. So uh but, and I thought that was you know I think that was good in the sense that it and as you said it was definite payoff for fans who have watched Clone Wars and who watched Rebels uh to because they were familiar with a lot of that backstory that a more casual Star Wars fan is not um but you know but i thought so i think they did a good job of just plugging that piece of lore into it so that you know a casual star wars fan could, could quickly pick up on you know the different philosophies within the mandalorian order yeah i i mean this this episode i i probably like 60% of it and i didn't really care for 40% of it and and again it all goes back to that action um, because last week when we were talking, that that episode predominantly was action. And so to come off of that high and then to to get mixed, get hit with this ma- mashup of character progression, lore progression, as well as a major heist sequence um, and, and just a lot of squids, um, yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of baby Yoda getting karma. Um, for for his um, dalliances with eggs in the previous episode, um, so he got some payback headed mm-hmm. his way. Uh, but but overall, I was just I guess I guess it really does come back come down to if you watch Clone Wars, you would love this episode. If you haven't, though, it would just be another episode of Mandalorian. Nothing special, though, in my mind. See, I, I have, I, I thought it was a special episode. I, I, I agree with you that the action sequences were very familiar. Uh, didn't break any new ground as far as uh, fight scenes or, or whatever like that. But uh, it, 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 it did a good job of tying things back 
to the overall big big picture of the big story because we did we got to see you know, we 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 learn about Bo-Katan and the and also the significance of the dark saber that we saw at the end of season one and how she is wanting to get that and of course again you know casual fan you gotta look we don't know all the backstory we, you know we don't get the full backstory as far as why the dark saber is so such a treasured artifact in mandalorian uh culture and but but clearly it's very important to Bo-Katan and of course you know folks familiar with the Clone Wars and, and Rebel series they know that you know she was the leader and uh and the, the of course the black saber was fashioned by the the first Mandalorian who who joined the Jedi order and then of course left the Jedi and you know all those all that all that mythos to happen that uh again to your point uh if you're not steeped in that animated Star Wars universe, uh, then, yeah, this episode probably was kind of like, okay, it, you know, uh, I feel like I'm missing some missing missing some pieces here as far as the overall big picture in the story. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I think, but at least within the show, it did a good job of pulling things back because you know, we didn't have to wait long to see Gideon show up again. Uh, and and so it was so we you know we, we we see him back and so oh yeah he's the, you know so now we understand why Bo-Katan is wanting to find a dark saber because oh Moff Gideon has it and so there's that piece there's also you know the thing that I've talked about uh before uh the empire is you know the, the remnants of the empire is still there and and functioning pretty Pretty impressively when you're thinking that they're they're running weapons and stuff to uh, to to, uh, to other systems and, uh, and 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 still has their you know ships and uh, you know true believers who are still fighting it out tooth and nail to 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 keep to keep, to keep their their power so. You know, so you're seeing that aspect of it too, uh, as far as what's going on in the larger Star Wars universe at the time after after the, the Battle of Endor. So, yeah, but it was just it was boring because we've seen that in a yeah. few other places. Yeah. Um, over the past few episodes, which but there was something about it that it was so subtle and it they didn't hold on it for so long that there was something about this where I was just I was over with after mm-hmm. the five minutes and yeah. just like all right these guys are boring yeah. <laughs> well i tell you this yeah i tell you um, the i enjoyed the most though were the frogs <laughs> the frog the, family the frogs are great the frogs yeah. are great because it's, it's mama frog papa frog why mando left yoda the egg killer with the frogs <laughs> is beyond yeah. me um but but apparently he was on his best behavior thank the lord um, I think I think he he got too many he had a lot of squids thrown in his face this episode, yeah. and um, but I I do I do think though Will that when all season two is said and done, I don't think and and maybe I'm kind of like 
um, jinxing this, but I don't think this episode you'll look back and be like, oh, yeah, episode three, stand out. Mm-hmm. Because especially with, and I don't know much, but I do recognize this name of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And she's coming. And yeah. and I, I just, I feel like this was an appetizer. This yeah. was a moose bouche. A moose bouche for <laughs> for the the stories that are left to be told this told this season, mm-hmm. and they're only getting started. So yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think you're right about that. I mean, I think this definitely was uh, definitely a, a, a bridge episode. A lot a lot like her episode, like the episode that uh, Bryce Dallas Howard directed the first season, mm-hmm. uh, where they were on the 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 planet uh where where they had all the farmers and the huts and stuff and and they came across the imperial um you that's know, the, like every other episode no i know but the one where they had the the um gina karana in that episode yeah 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 i i remember it now yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it was just a bridge i think it was a bridge episode it was good it was solid um moved the ball forward as far as the plot and, and 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 yeah, I think this episode does the same. I mean, it definitely, re, you know, it, it reminds us of Gideon's back is out there. Um, you know, we we Mando, they didn't drag the story along too far along with him finding others of his kind, which I'm I'm glad that they got right to it. Uh, it's interesting how this season's total setup, Mando find other Mandalorians, mm-hmm. and he has found other quote-unquote Mandalorians. It's just not who he's looking for. Right, right. Which I think is very smart and a um, just just very similar to, to cultures in our own world mm-hmm. um, and how you, like, like um, different cultures have different tribes. And it's, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking for... An Alaska native, but but not this type. I'm looking for this type. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just and 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 why is that important? Well, if you look at the fine print, there's very different um, practices and just it's a, a different version of that culture. And so I I think that's a really smart idea to to kind of pay forward on that setup. But also not having him immediately find what he's looking for and not have it dragged on too long and, and expand that universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so there was no stand in this episode. I will also give that <laughs> a plus. I appreciate yeah. the variety. I appreciate um, what they did with Waterworld. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of, lot of calamari. I was just every time I saw one in Montgomery, I was just like, "It's a trap." It's a trap. It's a trap. It, it I was, is. I was, I was looking for. I was looking for someone to say it. I was. I was. I was like. I was let down. No one said it's a trap. <laughs> I, I like how, um, looking back at the three episodes of the season, we start off desert planet. Mm-hmm. We we then go to an ice planet, and now we're at Waterworld, and yeah. so it's just okay. I see what you're doing. Keep keep changing the scenery, changing yep, yep. the scenery. So um, next next week we'll be on the forest planet. I think our weather's actually. I think is it next week's episode he's directing or 
Oh, I have no idea. Well, yeah, no idea. yeah, I, yeah. I know he's directing one this season. So, uh, but um, yeah. other things we've been watching. I completely watched season four of The Crown yesterday. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> Did you? <laughs> wow! So, um, spoil alert. Princess Diana dies. Yeah. Uh, The Crown season four. I skipped one episode because I just I'm I'm over Princess Margaret, so I didn't really care. Okay. Um, but overall, I think that I still think season two is my favorite season. Mm. I. I, I really the the Diana and and Prince Charles stuff, great. It's exactly what you want it to be. You want more of it. In fact, huh. um, they're they 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 did a great job. That my my one critique, they they really make Charles the villain, to it to a detriment. Um, mm. to to kind of an irredeemable place. Which which is not a smart thing to do, um, just because you 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 wanna you wanna have hope for people to change, and yeah. and they really make it clear that no, he's an asshole. Um, and and Diana too. Diana does some stuff where you're just like, okay, mm-hmm. all right, well, I get it. Um, but you're you're also it, it's it's interesting because they almost make them appear so similar that they just repel each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that kind of happened in real life. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Um, so, so I, I really, I really liked the Prince mm. um, Charles and Princess Diana part. They, they, you, it is, it is their show um, for a lot of it. Margaret Thatcher her presence was very interesting because they did a great job about really, in a way, paralleling Diana's introduction to the royal family with Margaret's. And, um, and, and they both have very different introductions to the family and and they wind up in very different places at the end of everything and and i don't know much about margaret thatcher's story or her history um but i i, I really like her whole arc in the mm. season they mm. did a really good job her and um queen elizabeth played off of each other brilliantly this 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 season is all about the ladies it's all about the ladies yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I've, I've only watched the first episode um, and and not have even have not finished the, all of it, but I, I've made it to about the last 15 minutes of it. Uh, but I, I agree with you uh, on the uh, Thatcher. Queen Elizabeth story uh, and their, how they play off each other. I, I when they first whenever Thatcher first meets the queen and I, I love the spoiler alert set up with uh, uh, the queen always having a game of picking the prime minister's cabinet. Yep. Yep. And, and, uh, 
And and then when and Thatcher uh, was relaying that to her husband about how how the queen had uh, picked her, you know, had named all the members of her cabinet, and 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 her impressions of her doing so, uh, you know, it, it, it and not. I guess she, you know, how she 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 had imagined it was going to be one way, but then she found the queen was entirely someone else. And I was reading an article uh, today, and I had, obviously it's something I'll well you know see as I watch the rest of the watch the rest of the season. But uh, uh, they were talking about Thatcher and and the queen and both of them and their and their and their father, their daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, how similar their fathers were uh, as far as uh, individuals and how it shaped their personalities and their styles of leadership. And oh, you have no idea. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the things I, you know, as far as I looking forward to things as far as this particular season. And of course, uh, it, it, you know, you, you say Charles gets painted as a villain and it, it was pretty much telegraphed in that first episode with how he uh, how he treats Dickie. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. And uh so I'm not yeah, so uh yeah, so uh, you know, I I'm I'm looking forward to it. I uh so I agree with you that so far uh, at least to date uh second season definitely seems to be the strongest. Uh, I thought the third season overall uh was um it, really, the only episode that stood out to me is the Aberfan episode and the and the one where Charles goes off. Uh, yeah. I guess it was, yeah, those were the two. And and uh, and and I knew I was I was listening to Fat Man and Beyond with uh, Kevin Smith and Bart Bernard, and they were talking about. I guess Bernard is an Emmy voter, and he was saying the Aberfan episode was the one that uh, they that they they had submitted. For, for the Emmys, and I, I would agree with that because I thought the third season was played a little bit too much into the soap opera element and, and not so much into the world affairs and things that were going on at a very critical time in her in her leadership, uh, given that she's been leader almost 70 years. <laughs> yeah, I think this season they do a good job with having a few surprised standalone episodes about politics, and there's... Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great one-off one um, about halfway through, and then there's one between her and a showdown, essentially between her and and Thatcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and but but that article is spot on, and they they do a great job explaining that throughout the season about how how similar they both are. Mm-hmm. And and yet they still had their differences, and and they still had respect. It, it's just it, it's a very interesting chess game that gets played between them, that gets played with Prince Charles and and Princess Diana, and um and and then even um who, Prince Philip has mm. um. It has a good ending speech to kind of summarize what really the the pathos for the family was this season. Um, so overall, I'm I'm pretty pleased with this season. Um, I think I had a little bit higher expectations, but then again, I'm not underwhelmed like I was in previous seasons. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and, yeah, and, I, and I'm sure, I, I'm sure 
if you do a rewatch after, I know you you benched it, but if you do a rewatch, spread it out a little bit, maybe maybe it'll give you an opportunity to to, to pick up some some of those I, things. I don't do rewatches. <laughs> I only rewatch billions. That's about it. Yeah, um, we'll. We've we've been talking for a while now, so just yeah. really quickly, because yeah. I honestly can't remember this episode. Just two minutes spit um, yeah. elevator speech about the right stuff. Right stuff <laughs> this week, yeah. You know, it, the series is starting to starting to lose a little bit of energy. To be honest, uh, I I'm still enjoying it, but I'm I'm finding uh, this episode really got into uh, Shepherd's mercury uh launch and it really the the competition and the um dynamics between glenn and shepherd really you know continue to be this the focal point i thought of this this last episode and all the jockeying for being first and then uh and, and of course uh, spoiler alert uh shepherd's uh indiscretions uh, came to a head so um but you know but i still enjoy the series uh i think it's i think we're at i think we'll have maybe one or two episodes left and uh, i you know i still recommend it to folks but uh i i, I wanted to i wanted to see more missions now than some of instead of belaboring the point about shepherd and and glenn's issues yeah, yeah. I I honestly fell asleep, and I think I skipped like majority of these. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, it, it just yeah. I mean, it, it, I thought that, I mean there really is, as I said before, I think parts of it it is starting to to lose a little bit of steam uh, because I think they're just dwelling too long on uh, the the Glenn Shepherd thing too much, and you know there yeah. there's seven of them, and but yeah, so that, that that's my big big problem with the series at this point is. There's other stories to be told, and I wish they would, would focus on some other characters. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's it for us tonight. Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. You can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.